Well, after some time off, we are back and we have plenty to go over as we had an exciting weekend of racing from Nashville Super Speedway. We're going to break down the races where we saw Carson Hosevar, AJ Allmendinger, and Ross Chastain come away with the wins. We'll talk about some of the top performers, drivers who didn't get the finishes they were looking for, and also some of the incidents that we saw on track. And also, we will discuss for a minute the upcoming race weekend at the Chicago Street Course. And I'll get started on this episode of 3 Wide. So before we get started on this week's episode of 3 Wide, let me tell you about our presenting sponsor, Hunt to Harvest. If you're looking to update or upgrade your hunting apparel, then hunttoharvest.com is where you need to go, where you can check out their awesome selection of shirt designs, which includes turkey hunting, as well as multiple types of fishing. They also have a special sale going on right now with their long sleeve shirts. So if you're looking to get a head start on your winter collection, hunttoharvest.com has the deals for you. And they still have that mystery box special going on where for $33, you can get three shirts chosen at random sent to you. And for $11 a shirt with this high quality of product, you're not going to find a better deal anywhere else. So head over to hunttoharvest.com. When you go to check out, be sure to enter that promo code RADNEY18923. That's R-A-D-N-E-Y-18923 for even more savings at checkout. And this can all be done at hunttoharvest.com. Well, we had some solid racing from all three series this past weekend at Nashville Super Speedway. And kicking things off was the Craftsman Truck Series on Friday night where Carson Hosevar gets his second career win. It was a controversy-free win, something he, he desperately needed. Um, and, and looking at the point standings with this win, the playoff points he has right now, he is going to be up in the top two or three of the playoff standings if, if he can keep this up over these last few races. Zane Smith, he came home in second. This was his first top five since Kansas, which was a early May race. I believe it was on May 6th. So it was, it's, we've noted it's been a rough stretch for Zane since then, and he's able to overcome it, put together a clean race, stay out of you know trouble, and comes away with a solid finish. And then there was Nick Sanchez. He finished in third, and this was Nick's third straight top 10 finish. So his impressive rookie year continues to shine, and he remains right there on the edge for, for sneaking into that final playoff spot. But the story of the race, in my opinion, was Bailey Curry and Matt Benedetto. Starting with Matt, this was his fourth straight top 10 this season. He now has seven uh, total for the year, which was the same amount he had last season overall. This team is heating up at the right time. And this four-way stretch where they've gotten these top 10s, it's the most consistency they've shown since Matt got behind the wheel last season. Last year, it was an up-and-down year. There was really no consistent consistency as far as you know top 10 finishes week after week after week this year we're seeing it completely different this four race stretch has been very impressive and like i said he's heating up here right at the right time he's still on the edge with the point situation i believe he's 14 points up so he's gonna have to keep keep this going over the next last few races in the regular season but the driver that really caught my eye in this race was bailey curry this was his fourth start this season all have been with nice motorsports he qualified second, so a good solid starting position for him. He stayed up front all race, which was really impressive to me because I was afraid once that green flag fell, he would kind of fall back into that 12th to 15th place range. That didn't happen. He actually ended up leading his first career laps, finished third in stage one, seventh in stage two, and came away with a fifth place finish. And if Hosevar ends up filling, you know, filling the role, uh, getting in Josh Berry's ride in the eight car in junior motorsports next year. 
I think Nice Motorsports has found their next guy. I mean, Bailey Curry has been very impressive in the handful of starts he's made for this team. He, he finished fourth in Atlanta, 13th at Charlotte, 17th at Gateway. He, he's really impressed, and I think this could be the next man up for Nice Motorsports. I don't think it's Lawless Allen. I, I think Bailey's the guy that's got to get the shot here because he has definitely taken advantage of these handful of starts. I don't know if he honestly has any more plan the rest of the season with Nice Motorsports, but that's going to be a guy to watch as we move towards the end of this season and seeing how silly season plays out. Up next was uh, Jake Drew, who honestly the same could be said for him, just like uh, Bailey. Jake Drew was making his debut for Thor Sport, driving the 66 truck, and Jake is the 2022 ARCA West champ. As I said, making his debut, he finished 12th. Honestly, could have had a, a top 10 if that late caution hadn't come out. He was running about the eighth ninth spot. And this could be someone to watch for Thor Sport next year. Um, he he doesn't have any starts planned outside of this race, but I think hopefully he caught enough eyes that he'll get some more shots this year. Could this be someone to, to take over one of uh, Thor Sport's rides? You got possibly Haley Deegan. She's been underwhelming this year, just being honest, in this Thor Sport truck with a team that's used to running for championships. And I, I still say it's nothing against Haley's talent. I believe she'll be better served going to the Xfinity Series and impressing up there because you see what Derek Krause has been able to do in his handful of starts for colleague. Haley was very impressive in that one start she made at Las Vegas last year, finishing in 13th. I think that style of racing will lend itself better to Haley. And then there's Matt Crafton, who's not getting any younger. He's 47 years old. He's still a playoff-capable driver, but his average finish has been declining since 2019 when he last won that championship, and he won it that year without winning a race. So how much longer can, can or will Matt keep doing this? It's undetermined. He hadn't said anything about retirement, which he strikes me as kind of the Martin Trex Jr. type where – we won't know what's going on until he just comes out and says, hey, I'm done. So Jake Drew, he could be kind of the next young driver that Thor Sport can focus on and build up. And some other drivers of note that for the wrong reasons that didn't have a, a strong day. Starting off with Raja Karuth, he looked extremely competitive at the beginning of this race. He started third. He also, like Bailey Curry, led his first career lap. But it seemed like as soon as he crossed the start finish line to lead that lap, he fell off the pace. And it was it was some fuel system issues in their truck. It really ended what was going to be an impressive day for Rajah and really something he needed with the point situation. He's one of those guys, I think, that, that has to go out there and get a win somehow in these last handful of races. And this looked like a, a decent shot for him. The way he was up there running around Zane Smith, it, it was really impressive. I, I just hate that his, his race got cut so short so early. And then there was Jack Wood. He was making his sixth start for Kyle Busch Motorsports, taking out, taken out just after six laps due to a crash between Haley Deegan and Lawless Allen. And just getting caught up in somebody else's mess is never good. But when you're a guy like Jack Wood, who's trying to establish himself as a truck series driver, and he's getting these opportunities in a Kyle Busch Motorsports truck, it's not a full season. He's having to go out there each and every week trying to make the most of, of these races and it honestly just hasn't happened. Not really anything out of his own doing much like we saw Friday night. It's kind of just getting caught up in somebody else's mess at the race. I was at, 
in Atlanta. He looked very strong in that 51 truck. I, I was hoping that would be a much better result for him than, than what we saw. But six races in with this team, he has two top tens. So however many starts he has left, you know he's going to be feeling the pressure, feeling like he has to keep building up those top tens, get some top fives, get up there and compete for a, a, a win possibly. And a KBM truck, anything's possible. But going back to the the Lois Allen and Haley Deegan incident that he was caught up in, you had Haley Deegan really overdrive it, getting into the corner. She got loose, took herself uh, and Lawless Allen out, Allen out of the race altogether. And these two guys, they've, they've had a lot of run-ins together throughout their truck series career. And Lawless had some words after the infield care center, basically saying it was all, you know, Haley just has no talent. Uh, just, she's always wrecking. Everyone is always in the way. And honestly, looking at this, if I was lawless, I don't think he has much ground to stand on with that statement. Let's be honest. Neither driver is lighting up the world in the truck series, especially lawless. I mean, Haley Deegan, she at least has a handful of top tens to her credit in the, in the truck series. She has uh, some top 20 finishes in the points. Lawless Allen does not. He does not have any top 10. So if I was Lawless, I'd, I wouldn't go throwing those rocks in that glass house just because you're not you're not lighting it up either. Maybe you should work, focus on why you're running back there in the back getting caught up in these incidents anyway. What do you need to do to get up into the top 15, in the top 10, out of that hornet's nest in the Craftsman Truck Series? So this is one of the, been one of those little slow-burning rivalries we just see a little hint of every now and then. And now with these comments by Lawless, it's going to be fun to watch and see if that picks up the intensity any between these two drivers. And then there was Saturday's Xfinity race where Asia Almendinger, he got the win his second this season. He won earlier this year at Coda. Behind him was Riley Herbst in second, the third time in his career he came home second, and Sam Mayer, who finished third. And this is his fifth top ten in the last six races. So Sam Mayer on, on a quiet little hot streak there. And like Matt Benedetto, it's all coming at a good time. And this was an action-packed race. It took 15 laps just to complete one whole lap under green. This race tied for the most cautions. We had the second most lead changes in, in the Xfinity Series history at Nashville Super Speedway. And you could see drivers were really struggling with, with hanging on to their car going into the corners. Drivers were getting loose when they were underneath another driver. And that's where really the first couple incidents happened on the track. But you had a lot of cup drivers versus Xfinity drivers in this race. Number one was uh, Austin Hill, Ty Gibbs, where you had Austin Hill under, underneath Ty. He felt like he had gotten some air, you know, Ty had cut off the air to his car and caused him to spin out. Austin Hill took exception to that. And as they go into turn one at the start of stage two, Austin Hill stayed out on older tires. He gets... Uh, he assists, let's say that. He assists Ty Gibbs in spinning out. And this was a wreck that took out Carson Hosevar, who was having an, uh, an impressive run in the Xfinity race, caused damage and took out Ty Gibbs, who honestly, if that hadn't happened, it probably would have been a runaway win for Ty Gibbs. But that took him out. Austin Hill, he had some comments. He was not too happy with Ty Gibbs overall in this race. And you also had Cole Custer not happy with the A.J. Allmendinger. 
and the NASCAR officiating, let me say that, because he, AJ Allmendinger, had suffered some damage in an earlier incident that he felt gave AJ an unfair advantage, something that Cole said he was forced to go into the pit road and, and fix earlier this year when he had some damage that caused an advantage for him. He was pretty adamant there at the end of the race on the radio saying he wanted uh, AJ Allmendinger to be put to pit road. He wanted to penalize. And that ultimately didn't happen. AJ came away with the win, uh, and, and Cole just wasn't happy with that decision. But that doesn't mean we didn't have some Xfinity driver on Xfinity driver incidents. You had Sheldon Creed and Sammy Smith mixing it up a couple times, Number one, which led to Sheldon Creed ultimately put, giving payback on Sammy Smith, spinning him out going into turns one and two. And today, NASCAR actually just announced that they are penalizing Sheldon Creed. He was docked 25 points in the standings, fined $25,000. This dropped him in the point standings, just one position from seventh to eighth. They apparently went back, listened to his radio, and, and determined that the communication clearly resulted in the two-car wrecking the number 18 car, uh, causing the seventh caution of the race. So NASCAR went back, listened to the radio, and, and feel like, it showed the evidence that Sheldon did this on purpose. And my one big gripe about this isn't necessarily a penalty. It's the fans on social media. You have some people asking, why wasn't Sheldon Creed suspended if this was deemed intentional? You had Chase Elliott get suspended and then comparing it to the Denny Hamlin incident at Phoenix where he run Ross Chastain up into the wall. The thing is, number one, Denny Hamlin was not suspended for his incident with Ross Chastain. He was penalized for opening his mouth on his podcast, much like Sheldon Creed opened his mouth on his radio. You got to take your finger off the button. And a big difference between Sheldon Creed's incident and Chase Elliott's is Sheldon Creed didn't right rear Sammy Smith into the outside wall. If he had, Sheldon Creed would need to face suspension, but that didn't happen. While I'm not crazy about this retaliation in, in, in this way necessarily, um, if it's going to happen, I prefer to see it happen this way. You know, I, I don't want to see a driver turn head on into the wall. Retaliation is part of this sport. It will always be a part of this sport. So you can't sit here and since this whole incident with Chase Elliott, and I know it's going to happen at least for the next little bit, anytime we see retaliation on the track, you can't look at each and every one and say that's just like Chase Elliott. He got suspended. Why shouldn't this driver get suspended? We we can't look at it like that. Each and every deal is different. And and, and as the case with this, this payback, Sheldon Creed, he did it kind of the old-fashioned way, what we usually see with payback. The difference is he was on the radio talking about getting him back. So that's all on Sheldon, 25 points. Hopefully that doesn't come back to bite him as we get closer to the, the cutoff race. We still got a ways to go there, but every point matters, and it, it's going to be a shame if – Sheldon misses out on the playoffs if he has to, to rely on his points simply because of a deal like this. Now, before we get off of the Xfinity Series topic, I want to talk about Jeb Burton for a second, uh, just a quick second. He finished 12th today after being involved in the first two incidents on the track. So props to his crew for keeping the car, you know, fixed up 
able to continue on and, and Jeb to keep his focus and keep racing. And then his teammate Parker Retsoff, he finished in 10th. So a solid day for Jordan Anderson racing at Nashville Super Speedway. And now for Sunday's cup race, you have Ross Chastain break his winless streak and lock himself into the playoffs, winning at Nashville. And much like Josevar, a controversy-free race win besides Daniel Suarez taking out Chase Briscoe, trying to go celebrate with his teammate after the race. You know, we, I guess we can just blame Ross Chastain for that one as well. But a huge race for Chastain. He, he's had a rough few weeks ever since the deal at Darlington, leading to people, including myself, wonder after Darlington and the comments made by Rick Hendrick, is this going to lead to them muzzling and kind of putting the leash on, on Ross Chastain? Or is Ross Chastain just simply going through a, a little bit of a cold streak? like he did last year. But I think Justin Mark's comments after the race really reflect what, what truly happened after Darlington. Uh, he, he he was talking about after Darlington, he said that there was not really a, a moment, a sit down moment with Ross. He said it wasn't like a do this or do that conversation. And I'm, I'm reading the quotes from Justin Marks, the owner, Justin said himself, I've been going through this experience as a cup owner alongside Ross as a cup driver for the first time. He's made mistakes. I've made mistakes. We're learning together. He continues to say, I think after Darlington, there was such an opportunity to have such a moment for our team that I think we just sat down. How do we make sure that we don't miss these opportunities? When we've got opportunities to make statements and win races with the speed we have in our race cars, how good everybody is, let's make sure we're making decisions to put ourselves in position to capitalize and have an outs like we did tonight. And that was one theory I threw out in, in uh, both my podcast and my YouTube video after the Darlington deal was um, simply having the conversation of, look, we have to be smarter about this, about when we're aggressive, when it's time to go all out. Sometimes it's better not to push the issue and come away with a 27th place finish. It's better to, you know, take what you got, come away with a third. And so another thing you have Ross Chastain getting this win, pretty much silencing everyone who ever since Darlington have been talking about Ross Chastain's winless streak, how somehow that affects his stock in the sport. Um, Which me, I, I've never doubted Ross Chastain, I think is, face essentially of NASCAR. I know Chase Elliott's the most popular driver, but Chastain, most of the time, he's the one coming away with the headlines. So Ross Chastain gets a huge win. He can not worry about the, the playoffs. He's locked in now with this win. And this was a great battle at the end of the race between Ross Chastain and Martin Truex Jr. He really had to work for this. And dealing with the lap traffic, Martin Truex just was not able to take advantage of the lap traffic they had in front of him. He just couldn't get close enough to make something happen. And Ross Chastain makes some excellent moves through the lap traffic, splitting two lap cars at one time. And that was really the, the death knell for Martin's chances at catching him for the win. And Truex just focusing in on him for a second after coming off the win at Sonoma, he comes away with the second place finish. He is really probably the hottest driver right now in the cup series. He is on quite a hot streak and it'll be interesting to see how long we, he can carry that on as we get closer to the playoffs. But what looked like was going to be a strong race for 23-11, that ends up going up in smoke. You had Tyler Reddick, who started up near the front, looked honestly like the car to beat early on. He spins coming onto pit road after, you know, 
well, he loses his tire while spinning onto pit road there uh, in stage two. He had just won stage one, so at least it wasn't a total loss. He did get some uh, a playoff point out of it and 10 bonus points from the stage win. But what probably could have been a win for, for Tyler, uh, it, it pretty much derailed his day, and he never was a factor after that. And then you have Bubba Wallace. He started up front, got some stage points in stage two, Looked like a solid top 10 car. He ultimately comes home 15th due to some pit strategy calls, which he was not too happy with his crew chief, Booty Barker, on. So for Bubba, hopefully just shake this off and, and get ready because here, probably about to go into the biggest race for 2311, it being at Chicago. Michael Jordan, the Chicago legend himself, this is going to be a huge deal for 2311 and Bubba even made comments over the weekend that he is going to be learning all that he can from his teammate, Tyler Reddick. But the big bright spot on the race besides Ross Chastain's win, Martin Truex continuing his hot streak has to be Eric Jones. He finished in eighth place, his third top 10 on the year. The first to come on a non super speedway track like a Daytona, Talladega, Atlanta. And this wasn't a fluke top 10. He got stronger as the race went on. As the sun went down, he became a borderline top 10 car and was able to hold on to it even through, you know, pit strategy and all and hang on to an eighth place finish. So a much needed finish for that team as a whole. Do I think this is, you know, we're getting ready to see Eric Jones kick things off and make one last run at the playoffs. I don't believe so uh, short of getting an upset win at, Daytona or Atlanta or possibly coming away with one at one of these road courses. I, I think this is going to be a lame duck season season for the rest of 2023 for legacy motor club, just due to them swapping to Toyota. I'm sure they're getting shut out of some stuff from Chevrolet. And even in 2024, it's probably going to be an adjustment year, getting all your ducks in a row with Toyota, getting used to, to that pond and getting the personnel you need so probably a couple years until we see legacy motor club get back into a consistent week in and week out top 10 contention like we saw last season but i feel like brighter days are ahead for this team and stewart os racing their struggles continue you had brian priest who was the highest finishing driver in their lineup with the 16th place finish which was a little disappointing in my opinion because priest i had him as a dark horse in my fantasy lineup just because he's had so much success in the lower series at this track with two truck series wins, a top 10 last year in the Xfinity series. I felt like this would be a good opportunity for him to sneak up there and get an upset, but he never was a factor all day. Stuck with it, came away with a 16th place finish. You then had Kevin Harvick in 24th, which really isn't a sign for how his race was as a whole. He was one of the more consistent cars throughout the race up in the top five, top three, just had a flat tire. That pretty much ended his strong run. Uh, Eric Almirola, he finished in 25th, and Chase Briscoe came home in 31st. And I think we're starting to see kind of Chase Briscoe get a little tired, get, get, getting a little frustrated because just the season he had last year, it was pretty much expected like, okay, now we're going to see Briscoe step up and, and get ready to fill in that role as the team leader. Ultimately, it just hasn't happened this year. And I, I think a big part of the frustration is because he, he showed a lot of promise early in the spring. I mean, you look back at the results uh, from uh, really Coda to, to 
Talladega, he was getting solid top 15 finishes for a couple weeks at Coda and at Richmond. And then he started knocking out top fives at Bristol Dirt, Martinsville, Talladega. And he's just fell off a cliff since then, only finishing inside the top 20 twice since Dover. So it's been tough for SHR as a whole, but especially for Chase Briscoe in this 14 team. They've just made a crew chief change. They've gone to Richard Boswell, who was crew chief for him back in the Xfinity series when he was so dominant down there. Hopefully they can start building that chemistry back up and start getting back up into contention of things. But for Stuart Haas racing as a whole, I think there's just, I don't know if there just needs to be a, a overhaul on the competition side of things or, or what's going on. Cause they have the talent. And with Josh Perry coming in next year, you're losing Kevin Harvick, your a player, you're going to have to find it somewhere. You're going to have to get somebody to step up. I think Josh Berry will be a good fill-in as far as getting consistency out of them. But you got to, you know, have somebody with them like a Chase Briscoe or a Ryan Priest to to fill that gap. And I, I don't know. I don't know if – I feel like the answer is, is Rodney Childers, I think, if you could get him on the competition side, granted it'd be losing a great crew chief, but I think he could do a lot on the competition side of things with the success he's had as a crew chief, with the success he's had in this next-gen car. This is unknown waters for, for people like Tony Stewart, for Greg Zipidelli. They haven't done any runnings in these uh, next-gen cars. Rodney Childers can bring a whole new mindset. I think if he was over it, I think still keep Greg Zipidelli because he's done good things with Stuart Haas Racing, but it may be time, I'd say, give Childers maybe one year with Barry, let him help Barry transition to the Cup Series and possibly start putting looking at Childers to fill the role on the competition side of things. And that'll wrap up this week's episode. As always, thank you all for joining me and listening along. If you haven't already, be sure to hit that subscribe button wherever you're listening to this podcast from. Also, in the link in the description below, you can head to my YouTube channel. Hit the, the subscribe button over there so you'll know when our new videos drop. And, of course, in the link in the description below is to our sponsor, Hunt the Harvest. Head on over there. Check out their awesome hunting apparel. Let them know we sent you. Use that promo code. And I hope everyone has a wonderful rest of their week as we get ready to celebrate Independence Day, the 4th of July. And we get to sit back and watch some street racing from Chicago.